samples too. It's the same guys. Yeah, that's good. Ready? Three, two, one. What's up, guys? It's Shitface Sober. Jeff N here. I'm Kyle. And we got a special guest, dude. What's your name? How much time you got? Uh, Tim Cavanaugh, and I got uh, 11 years sober. Oh, hell yeah. 12. Dude, met Tim on the internet. He runs a Facebook page called Dank Recovery, which yeah, posts like cool. shit funny ass memes all day. And you blew the shit up, and I reached out to you, and you're actually a fucking good dude. First guy that we reached out to, actually, when we got here. Yeah, you're the first guy we reached out to oh, about wow. coming on as a guest. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, because we were new. We were small. Like, we didn't have nothing going on, really. And so we were like, okay, we need to get somebody in that, like, knows the funny side of sobriety. We knew what our goal was. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I met you for the first time last night. You stayed at one of the Airbnbs, and I was like, dude, it's kind of sketchy, like, having a stranger just roll up in one of your houses and then fucking, you're actually a good dude. <laughs> Came to a meeting and everything. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, he came yeah. to a meeting last night after checking in at fucking six thirty. Hour and a half later, you're in a fucking meeting. Then you're helping some new guy at the end of the damn meeting. Was he new? He's like six months. Yeah, oh, he's okay. pretty new. Yeah. Well, so what was your life like before you got sober? Before I got sober, man, I grew up around alcoholism. Like I didn't know that people didn't drink. I thought everyone, right. you know, I thought that's what you do. You grow up and you just drink and the whole point of life is to get drunk and share war stories afterwards did you watch wwf growing up not really okay because <laughs> I, I woke up yeah, <laughs> a little bit i grew up with alcoholism and wwf and i was like that's what's gonna happen is that i'm gonna grow up one day i'm gonna fight the undertaker and i'm gonna drink bud light Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> and like knocking two beers together yeah. you know yeah, yeah. actually yeah. i really like budweiser where it said king yeah. of beers and it was such a regal a fucking regal uh thing you know what yeah, i mean it's yeah. fucking solid yeah okay but so i was the black sheep of the family though because i started you know smoking crack doing meth mm, yeah snorting heroin shooting heroin how old were you, you when you smoked crack for the first time <laughs> i think i was 16 oh, oh wow. wow might have been 17 i think i was 17 where did you smoke it frame it for us what were you where wearing did I smoke it? what time of day what day of the week who was got who'd you get it from yeah, yeah. dude <laughs> i was at a regular high school party getting drunk no. and then afterward we went to this guy's house and they're like, here, smoke this. I was like, what is that? They're like, it's crack. I'm like, bro, I'm not smoking crack. Yeah. And they're like, it's just Coke that you smoke. And I'm like, oh, that's all crack is? <laughs> okay. And, and then what I, And then what happened after that? I hit the crack pipe, and I think it was a very common experience. I wanted another hit of crack. How mm -hmm. much crack did you smoke that I night? didn't have any money. So I was just at the mercy of this guy dishing out crack hits. Uh, I was yeah. sitting there like... Is he going to give me another hit? You're trying like, to be oh. friends with him. Yeah, I'm like a sophomore in high school. Do you still oh, know wow. the guy? Is huh? he still alive? Is that guy still alive? I don't know. I don't know who he was. Oh, wow. So My friend that I was with, he's still alive. But What if it was an angel? An angel giving you crack for the first time? Because <laughs> he knew that you were going to become who you are today. So it was like an angel giving you crack. Yeah, I really doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to uh, look at it. Right? Though, yeah. I look at these little things yeah. in my life where i'm like oh yeah that guy with all the tattoos on his on his head that was the cholo he introduced me to selling drugs in order to become a useful person <laughs> yeah. today and does that make uh, you feel better yeah yeah okay. it's <laughs> it's like, god's will for yeah. my life yeah, right. you know angel that, interceded on my behalf yeah that poem where there was like four feet prints in the sand and then it turned to two and it yeah. was like okay i never stopped and then there was, was a radio taken apart yeah and a brillo pad <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah. funny okay so how old are you tim 
39. So we call you Moose last night. What's yeah. Moose mean? Moose is a nickname that I was given in AA. But so. what does it mean? Do you have like horns? Are you hung like a moose? You got, you know, yeah. what's up? So uh, I, I was actually at an AA event and someone's like, what's your name? And I was like, anonymity, bro. And he's like, <laughs> I'll start calling you Chuck if you don't oh. tell me your name. And I said, Chuck. I was like, dude, no. He's like, it's either Chuck or Moose. Moose all day. There it and is. I was like, all right. Uh, yeah. I, I Listen, I've given a lot of nicknames in my day. If you try to fight it, it sticks. Yes. So I was like, whatever. He just kept calling me Chuck. Well, then that night we were at the AA dance and I had my hands up in the air like this. He's like, you're Moose. Oh, because that's like Moose horns. <laughs> Yeah, I like. So, that. I thought you were gonna say that uh, you got it after smoking crack with that guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, so I didn't fight it though, because I'm not trying to have a nickname stick to me. Yeah. Uh, but the next day after the convention at my home group, I was chairing. I said, "My name's Tim. I'm an alcoholic," and the whole room was just like, "Moose!" Oh, yeah. Like they passed the message around. This guy is yes. no longer Tim. He's Moose. Solid. And at first, I was pissed about it. But over time, it was like, this is, I was four months That's sober. That's a great like, nickname. Yeah. This is cool. These guys gave me a nickname. So just no one calls me Tim in AA. There's Moose. Yeah. Or I guess, you know, I'm kind of press radio and film right now, violating the traditions. You guys it's do that a, on here? No, yeah. Well, the truth <laughs> is, is that, like, back then there wasn't all of this fucking, um, all of this media and all of these technologies to get a message out there. Right. And at the end of the day, we don't share our last names and stuff. That's a personal choice. I will. I don't give a fuck. Beep out my last name. You can say my last name's <laughs> fucking Nelson, dog. What's up? Like, that's my choice. My anonymity is yeah. my choice, yeah. right? And like, like I said, you too, we have no secrets today. Like, secrets yeah. keep you sick. Yep. And if, all, if my experience... In this deal and beating addiction or fighting it successfully on a day-to-day basis can help someone else have hope. I am I am responsible for allowing that message to get out yeah. there right, by right. whatever media or gift mm-hmm. I've been given, platform included. Yeah, yeah, here's how I feel about it too. Like I respect somebody else's anonymity if they want that, but I'm gonna it's attraction rather than promotion. But I'm still going to try to be attractive spiritually and through this program as far as my sobriety. So I'm yeah. going to I'm going to be vocal about it in hopes that it, that message is carried on to the next alcoholic. And then if they want to be in that space and not have their name out, that's their choice. Yeah, know? I guess the part for me is having dank recovery. Yeah. I'm not a very good representative of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, you on are. the page a lot. Right, right. <laughs> but at yeah, the but you're the spreading day, the message. And one day you'll be able, like, you'll make a <laughs> conscious decision to be able to share. Like, people are attracted to that humor. And honestly, mm-hmm. I would bet that if people's lives have been saved by even you think it's silly as seeing a meme, but oh, fuck, I feel like such a piece of shit. No one in my family smokes crack. I'm a crackhead, and I'm still always going to be looked at a crackhead, even though I'm two years sober. But then here's this meme about, you know, Gandhi smoking rock, and then I feel like normal dude and when i when i made the page it was genuinely for people in recovery Mm -hmm. and then what i noticed was there was a lot of people that weren't in recovery that just related yeah and they would reach out and they're like dude i relate so much to the stuff you're posting do you think i need help i'm like probably if you relate to this yeah that's kind of the message that we're we're getting right now too or the feedback a lot of times is like people like we had we just started a meeting and there was somebody in there celebrating their first day and they found us through social media and they're like okay yeah and a friend helped them and now they're getting into rehab this week and like it's just an amazing That's thing awesome. there's a ton of people that like 
and I'm strongly believe, man, I, I'm an addict through and through. People are like, oh, they're promoting this, you know, you can smoke weed and be sober bullshit. And like the truth is, is that you can't because that shit's a mind altering substance. Yeah. Oh, weed is natural. Alcohol's toxic. Motherfucker, the way that I smoke weed is fucking toxic. Yeah. The other day I was thinking about smoking a joint. I was like, oh, I wonder if I smoke a joint. Then I was like, I'll smoke a joint in bed. And then I'm like a long car ride. That would be a nice time to smoke a joint. Before dinner, I'd smoke a joint. Mm -hmm. After dinner, I'd smoke a joint. After getting down with my wife, I'd smoke a joint. Yeah. And then I'd smoke a joint or a bong load in the morning. I'd probably have a little vaporizer, too. Yeah. And that's toxic. Yeah. <laughs> that's after day three. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I make fun of people saying that weed's sober because it's just such a weird idea. It's like, I, listen, I used to love weed. I smoked yeah. it every day. Yeah. There was times I kicked dope and then kept smoking weed. Never once was I like, I'm sober now. Yeah, it's right, like, right. I, The goal is not to be sober. The goal is to be high. Yeah. And it's just weird. So then I ran a test meme. I said, alcohol is not sober. And they argued about that in the comments. Who are you? To, I'm like, that is literally, definitively Dude, not that's, sober. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the other great. meme guys were like, I can't believe you went for that. Yeah. You know, let's see what happens. And and like, I, I can't, I'm astonished at the people arguing about Dude, that's awesome. That. They'll argue about anything. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and the reality, yeah, like, people will. I, I mean, the fact, like, they became normalized to disagree. Like, I think people that are disagreeable today are just, like, so freely. And, like, you get, now you start getting dumb people that have no idea what they're fucking talking about. Like, what do you do for work? I mean, like, uh, Let's say you're going to be a pastor, right? Mm -hmm. So then you get guys like quoting scripture to you that's all jacked up and sliced up and wrong. And like people are just posting some dumbass shit and then no one calls them out anymore. So they just keep, you know, vomiting crap on the internet but yeah. with, no, with no recourse. Yeah. People, people are very much lacking uh, reading comprehension skills. There's like, there's none of it. Yeah, they don't want to read. They just want to vomit bullshit. Like, do you know, did you read what I just wrote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how, just, did, how did you come about like doing the whole meme thing? Did you, did, do you come up with them on your own or do you kind of find some or do you have like a team or how does that work? So. Or is um, that just your brain? Yeah. Are you so, sick naturally? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what, man? I've been working in recovery for almost 10 years now. And uh, when I was, like, newly working in recovery, one of the case managers was like, making fun of our clients is what helps get us through the day. <laughs> oh, dude. And, like, not in a, not in yeah. a malicious yeah. way, well, but it's yeah, like, dude, if we don't keep yeah. this light, right. this will get way too heavy, right. you know? And so, but long story short, I was, when I came up in AA, it was, you take this very seriously. We're not joking around about this is very serious stuff. Yeah. But then I was getting involved in some of these YPAW communities. You guys ever hear about yeah, YPAW? Young people yeah, yeah. Anomalous, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I got added to this YPAW memes group. And I mean, it was like the sickest thing you'd ever seen, but like some very spiritual people in there. Yeah. I was like, this is, inc this is like, they say in AA, you will, you'll meet your tribe. You'll meet right, your, right. Uh, your people. And uh, so when I was in that, I was like, dude, this is... This is awesome. So I started making memes, and they started getting stolen and posted on, like, other pages. Mm. So I was like, I'll just start making my own stuff for my own page. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And I thought, maybe I'll, like, sell sobriety coins down the road or something to try to monetize it. And, uh, you know, eventually there was a whole team that, you know, came along. There's, like, on the Facebook page, there's, like, six other people on there. Do Facebook pay you for, for like, views and shit? No. Oh, no. no. Well, if you made reels, they would. Yeah. Reels, like, well, they, they haven't them. offered that. 
but my page has been demonetized to it's like you're in the red you're like one thing away from oh getting uh, shut yeah, down published. That's awesome. no. but it's that. been like that for years on that yeah. page it's like always oh, y'all in push, the red. you push it you push it then yeah for sure yeah oh and it, man facebook used to be so much more cool <laughs> how, how much how much do you think how many people do you think have gotten sober from from reaching out to you guys I honestly don't know. It's got to be in the tens, hundreds, in that range. So the crazy thing is, like, we created a group on yeah. Facebook, and it, like, formed this huge community, and a lot of people got sober through that. that is, oh, that's awesome. That's, that's incredible. Bro, that's God. You because know I mean? it was like, and I've had this said to me, you know, as a counselor doing groups and stuff like that, but, you know, sitting there. Just sharing and being funny and relatable. Guys are like, dude, I thought if I got sober, I would just, my life would just suck. Yeah. I'd be bored. It's I wouldn't fun laugh. Anymore. Right. And just seeing that you can laugh and, and people still have a personality, it really says a lot because some people don't think that that can happen when they get sober. Yeah. Like if you told me, you're going to stay sober the rest of your life, I think, so I'm going to be bored forever. Like how else would I have fun? Mm -hmm. And, man, you get these little moments of clarity and recovery where it's like, this the truth just comes flooding in. It's like, when has this using been fun? Yes. Right. It hasn't been fun for years. Yes. I've been miserable. What do you mean? How am I going to have fun? This isn't fun. Oh, dude, this is a great clip. And so I, yeah, I, I love have, this. I have, um, I, it's like, what do you do for fun now that you're sober? Like when I was in early recovery, I'm like, I honestly don't know. I'm just always having it, though. I'm always having fun. Yeah. We and it's like if you try to tell someone, well, what do you do? It's like, oh, uh, we like eat food and go bowling and stuff. I was like, that sounds that doesn't sound. I'm like, dude, I don't know how to describe it to you. We're just having a good time. Yeah, we're laughing, cutting up. We go know? ice blocking. We, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it's just stupid shit, but yeah. it is fun. You're it right. is. And I didn't have any fun while I was using drugs. If you're out there and you think using and drinking is fun, it stops being fun. You start passing out, waking up in taxi cabs with guys on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. an opiate addict you know how like you got the dope frown oh your face is all droopy i look in the mirror and i'm like i don't think i'll ever smile again yeah. i don't think my face has the capacity to create a smile mm -hmm. i know that right. that's how like miserable i was so i just hit a year in in um in february and a year prior before i got clean that w i was at a point i remember last in the beginning of 2022 and in January and February, I looked in the mirror and was like, I'm content on using drugs for the rest of my life. Like, I don't see how mm. my life is going to be without drugs. Mm -hmm. And then I came to a point of desperation. And then I was introduced to my tribe and my people, that men's meeting. Mm -hmm. And um, my life completely changed, like, overnight. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, these people, why the fuck are they happy? <laughs> I want what they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. These people used to tell me they're not going out for a drink after this. Like, nope. And then they wake up, feel good, and like, and it's just like it. The it's indescribable. You mm -hmm. you could try to tell somebody about it, but until they experience it for themselves, it's just like yeah. Until you walk into a room right. and you feel like, wow, these are my heroes. These are guys that I always thought I'd want to be, and they had the same fucking problem I had. And this program and showing up to this meeting and reading this stupid book fucking worked for them. Yeah, I think it will work for me. Yeah. Dude, I had a say, I had an almost exact same thought too. Is like this is my life forever. Right. I I was addicted to methadone at one point because I was trying not to do heroin, mm. and I quit cold turkey. It was like I didn't know methadone withdrawal was worse. So I'm like seven days in, just absolutely miserable, 
And I'm like, any day now, this will be over. Right. And it was like 30 days later. <laughs> I'm like just starting to get a couple hours of sleep. And I thought to myself, dude, you would be so stupid if you ever picked up again. Yeah. And I did. Oh. I used again after Methadone? that. And I No, no, okay. dope. But okay. uh, heroin. But I thought, I'm hopeless. There will be no way that I ever stay off of this. And I need to get it out of my head that there's going to be a day like that. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever I can to stay high until I die or go to prison. Yeah. And that was that was the goal after that. Yeah, that and, was my qu next question was, um, so have you ever, you've been sober for 11 years. Did you try to get sober before, like on your own? Or was this the first time you really tried to get sober and what was different? Dude, I. Yeah, what was your day like the day before you got sober? <laughs> Okay, I want to hear, like, frame it, man. Paint a fucking Picasso for us right now. The day before I got sober. Yeah, the day before, and then you could tell us um, what happened the day after. Well, I'll tell you the last morning. Yes. How about that? I like it. So, and dude, I, I got to say this, because I really do believe that addicts are some of the most gifted and talented people in the whole world. Absolutely. Like, we're the only people that can wake up with, with no job, no money, no <laughs> yeah. car, no nothing. Yeah. And whatever my goal is for that day, it's accomplished every single day. <laughs> but my only goal was to get high. Yeah. Right. I never took a day off. I never missed a day. Yeah. I never said, like, well, I don't have a ride. I don't have a phone. Like, I, there's no excuses. That should be an interview question. Like, hey, right. what have you accomplished in your life? Well, let me tell you this. Every day for fucking five I years. I maintained a heroin habit. I didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So on a typical morning, when I wake up with no car, no money, no nothing, thing i hustled together 40 bucks i drove to this city i got some dope i came home and normally you know at the towards the beginning of my addiction i would get high while i'm driving the car of or course whatever. but all my veins were collapsed so i i couldn't i had to wait till i got home so i got home and bro this is it's gruesome but i just sat there digging around in my arm with a syringe Ooh, trying to find a vein yep sickle. and there's just blood everywhere and, and this uh, is yeah, trigger warning, trigger alert. Yeah. Is too much? This is no, morning. absolutely okay. not. Is this in morning? This is in a morning. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I tie off on the other vein on the other arm and dig around in my arm for a while. Nothing. Just blood. I mean, dude, there's blood all over the table, blood all over my arms. I have to keep wiping blood mm. off because I keep thinking I almost hit it, but I didn't. This went on for close to an hour. Mm. I finally found a little vein here. I have like a little tattoo mark. You see that little tattoo? Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got two of them right there. <laughs> yeah. Check that. I got the same thing. So I drew back. Some blood went into the syringe. So I just went for it. Vein exploded. Just a big oh, rash shit. on my arm. Sick. And dude, I mean, I screamed, fuck, at the top of my lungs. I pounded my fist on the table. Like, just so, I just couldn't believe, I spent all morning. Yeah, you're more aggravated that you lost this the point, yeah. Mutilated myself yeah. for an hour for nothing. Yeah. And, and I just slumped in my chair. I'm like, this is my life. And I thought back to second grade. They, I took a test. They're like, you're a genius. We want to skip you a grade in school. I'm like, I'm a genius. <laughs> this is me. <laughs> this is me today, the genius. I was in the game. I have program. nothing. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't even have a friend. I have nothing. No car, no job. I don't have a career path. I'm a genius. And I was like, dude, my life is over. The stuff I'm doing to kill myself, I can't even do it anymore. Yeah. The thing that's destroying my life, I can't even do that. Right. 
And I'm a genius. And I just, did, I went, bro, I'm That's not kidding funny. you. This is a true story. That night, just the the big book calls it pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Yeah. my I mean, just my life. I have 12 warrants out for my arrest. I'm scared to go outside. And that night I hit my knees. I said, God, please help me. I can't live like this another day. I prayed that over and over and over until I fell asleep. And I woke up the next morning to the house phone ringing. I was staying at my grandma's house. And it was a state-funded treatment center. Oh, and I, no, I answered the kid. phone. I just got the chills. I thought it. I thought maybe uh, I had left something there the last time I was there. I said, "They said, is this Tim?" I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Are you interested in coming to treatment here?" And oh, I said, wow. "Absolutely." And they said, "Can you be here Monday morning?" It was a Friday. Holy and bro, cow. I didn't do any more dope that weekend because I was like, "I'm gonna be going." There was a cold turkey social detox. But I got super drunk. I had called up some old friends. I was like, can I go out drinking with you guys this weekend? We got drunk. I smoked my last blunt on the way to the treatment center, threw it out the window, and, and went in there, man. And I sat there and just cried my eyes out. Just That's awesome. It was, you know, so that's, that's kind of the last day for me. 11 oh. years ago. What's your sobriety date? What is, what's, the, uh, what's the date? March 12, 2012. Nice. Yep. <laughs> It's a good month. We got to take a trip together, to, or chip. Trip. Yeah, bro. Trip. March 30th. <laughs> yeah, March 12th. Good yeah, month we'll to get February 23rd. We'll, go, we'll find one yeah, of those meetings awesome. where they take the chip at the end of the fucking meeting, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so check it out. Fucking, um, I get I get all jacked up because I love AA. Mm -hmm. I love the 12-step program. Like in our meeting that mm -hmm. we had on Monday night, I'd say a third of that group had never been to a fucking meeting. Or mm. they, they, they're just not meeting. They're, they're, they're white-knuckling it. They're trying to get sober based on social sobriety, which like, hey, it works for a period. But I'm a fucking 100% convicted that you need a 12-step program in order to achieve long-term sobriety, mm -hmm. right? And what's yeah. your thoughts on that? Man, I, I'm with you. I am. Um when people don't have that, I can honestly say I've never met someone that I'm like, I want what you have. Yeah. You know, the people that are really working a program, I'm attracted to their life. I'm like, I want what this guy has. Right. You can see the fruit in their life. You know, the other people, they seem bitter. If you got most people, there's like the AA book talks about Carl Jung and how he's like, yes, there's these people that are like you that I have seen get sober. Typically, you're hopeless. But the only ones that have gotten sober have had these radical spiritual awakenings. Yeah. So I'm not talking about those people because they're pretty chill for the most part. But the people who did it some other way, they're so bitter towards AA. Always. They're, they, like, they're like an enemy. Oh, yeah, it. this is terrible. Oh, yeah, that's a cult. Da, da, da. It's like, yep, yep. Dude, uh, you get over it. <laughs> it's, it works. It's, it's worked helping. for over a million people. Three yeah. million people are in active recovery in America. And they'll always say, oh, it has a 5% success rate. Good luck with that. And I'm like, mm. who who measured that? Because you know what? I look at, like, uh, Gold's Gym. What's their success rate like? Yeah. Anyone can get a membership. Yeah. Who's showing up and doing the work? Who's yeah, got that's a, a trainer? Good point. You know, Great it's, point. Anyone can just walk into a meeting and then become part of the statistic. But they did another study. It was like MIT and some other uh, Stanford, I think. And it was like it showed that AA had like a 30 percent success. Yeah, rate. I would say at least like if people that are sitting there doing the work, like your, your chances of failing when you sit there and you actually do the work and right. you show up are like 
Dude, I've never Slim seen a none. person fail that has fucking worked the 12 steps right. and taken another person through them. I've seen them stumble. Yeah. I've seen people relapse, but I see them come back up. I see the difference that it makes in their life. And this is the other thing is that I believe that like sobriety, like I said last night, sobriety, health, wealth, happiness, success, communication ability, these are all gifts that we've been given, mm -hmm. right? Even your fucking meme page is a goddamn gift you've been it given. <laughs> and it's our responsibility to share those gifts if we want to prove mm -hmm. that we're good stewards of them, that we're yeah. that we are worthy of the trust that the universe, God, whatever you want to yeah. call it, gives us with those gifts, it's our responsibility to share them. Yep. Same thing with this fucking program. Like, no bullshit. People out there hating, oh, you start this to make money, yada, yada, yada. Motherfucker, last year I was making 10 times what I'm making today mm -hmm. to fucking pursue this. And who cares? Yeah, even if then. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> motives. I'm very transparent about my motives. Yeah. My motives are like, look, I was a hopeless, sick drug addicted son of a bitch loser with no fucking vision or no hope or no 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 friends mm -hmm. nothing yep. and then i came to aa and i got hope i got a life mm -hmm. and it's my responsibility to share that like share yep. that it's possible yep yeah right yeah i think about that with the page it's like i have influence that i have to steward i can't help but troll like some days i'm yeah. bored and i'll be like well i'll just go on here and just say that weed's not sober and read the comments That's awesome. for the next couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But other times it's like, man, sometimes I feel bad because people will message the page and say, I smoke weed and I don't do heroin. What do you think about that? Oh, I'm we like, get that. We get that a lot. And I say, dude, if it's working, I'm happy for you. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. I'm not like anti you. You know, I've had sponsees start smoking weed and I'm like, I hope that works for you, bro. Because if it doesn't, the, the, the results are catastrophic. Yeah, I'm not rooting against you. I'm just saying what typically happens is catastrophic. And this guy messaged me, and he's like, "What do you think?" Blah blah blah. Am I not better off on weed than all these other pills? I'm like, "Dude, if it's working and you're happy, I'm happy for you." And he's like, "Wow, you're a loser." Blah blah blah. He's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna have your page deleted." He's he like, "Just that. wait." And so I was like, "I gotta block this guy. What a clown!" Like, right, right. But it's it's an influence, and it's like I want people to know. It's like, dude, this is so hard. The odds that you end up dead are are great. Oh, There's dude. a good chance you're going to die. Yes. If it helped you get one day keeping a needle out of your arm or a crack pipe out of your mouth, dude, I'm, I have nothing but just happiness in my heart for it's you. It's one less car broken into, one less yeah. grandma getting jacked for 40 bones, one less yep. fucking check and, fraud. And that's <laughs> right. the hard part about working in recovery, man, is that... It's mostly heartbreak, and you have to find silver linings. You have, to, you have to be able to celebrate. Like, I'll give you this one example. I had a guy that was in treatment. He sat in the front row every day when I was doing group. He would write, he'd be sitting there writing letters to his daughter, telling her how much he loves her and how much he wishes he wasn't the way that he was. And he went to bed that night, and his heart just stopped. He had done enough meth uh. where his heart just gave out in his sleep while he was in treatment. And I'm like, how do you even find anything good in that situation? And it's like, you know what? Those those letters that he wrote his daughter, those are like gold to her, I'm sure, now. She got to see her dad's heart, you know, who he really is as a man, you know? Yeah. So it's like you got to, you gotta, or a mom, even if she only gets to see her son sober in rehab and hear him say what his goals and dreams are and who he really, who, what he desires in his heart, you know? It's like that's that's something to celebrate. So I like long-term sobriety. Yeah, that is the goal. But it's like, man, we gotta celebrate little victories. Just, you're just smoking weed. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, you're in the right direction. Yeah, you're less fucked up. 
you know, yep. you're, yeah, you're, I agree yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'm like, if somebody comes to me, it's their first time ever getting sober and they're saying like, Hey, they have the, you know, the classic symptoms of an addict where they can't fucking put the shit down. They're smoking every day, whatever it's rock, grass, you name it. And I'm like, okay, I relate with that. And it, you know, vibes, I'm going to fucking tell them straight up that your best chance for success is to detox and get yourself into a fucking program mm -hmm. and have some accountability in your life. Yep. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Like, right. oh, why don't you go out and try smoking weed for a couple months and then maybe your life will get better. No, but I can guarantee you if you come in here, you do some steps, you work on yourself, you fucking stop being selfish and start helping other people, yeah. you're going to have a fucking big full life that you're proud of. Yeah. That's a guarantee. Yep. Like, do you want the guarantee or do you want the maybe with catastrophic consequences? Yeah. <laughs> right? And Yeah. And I trust me, I deal with that constantly, like running a sober living house. Guys can't see weed as being equal. Mm -hmm. and, um, and when they end up smoking again, a lot of times, I'm like, just make this deal with me. If you end up back on the other stuff, you'll reevaluate the role that this is playing. I love that. Because the problem here isn't one drug or the other. The problem here is that you can't deal with the way that you feel right, without right. being high. You're, yes. escaping, you're escaping yourself. You're and using it as a crutch. Exactly. And if it's not a problem, why can't you give it up? Yes. You can't go a month? You can't go a week? Yeah. If Even it's a not year, a problem. like fuck it, you know, give it a year. Yeah, one year, big fucking deal. Yeah, Smoke when you're problem. on a porch. You did you used to listen to Cottonmouth Kings? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the funniest thing about Cottonmouth too. It's like this is my whole identity now. Yeah. I had a client sit down with me, and he's like, "I said, tell me about yourself." He's like, "Well, first off, I'm a pothead." I said, "Can you imagine?" That that's the first thing you want me to know about you is how you relate to a plant. Yeah. Like what if what if you what if you were like, hey man, tell me about yourself? And I was like, I love apples, bro. Yeah. I just love them. I got an apple on my hat, and <laughs> you know, I got a tattoo of a apple tree. Yeah. <laughs> I just live for apples, bro. Yeah. But you have a fucking you're mental. You're mentally ill. Yeah. 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 For sure, you're fucking mentally ill. And then people are like, oh, I smoke uh, weed. I smoke weed every day, and I'm not an addict. And I'm just like, you smoke weed every day, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck. But yeah, so either way, like, our, our, I really like what you said about, you know, walking into the fucking, into the group, and then feeling like, oh, fuck, this is my tribe. Because I feel like so many of us, like, we, like, I think, like, addiction is like a fucking computer virus in our brain that's making chess moves, 20 moves at in advance, that's putting us in a position to be lonely, miserable, broke, so that we have to use drugs or alcohol. Feed it. Like, it's fucking food is drugs and booze in order to fucking, you know, quiet that thing down. Mm -hmm. But, like... When you come into here and we're alone and then we find community and laughter and stupid fucking memes and just guys that care about us and want us to win, that's the fucking antidote. Yep. It really is. It's, I agree. Yeah. I can't, like, honestly, it makes me feel good just talking about it. Like, the antidote. I know. Man, when I came into sobriety, you know, I got this sponsor. And, bro, I mean, I have 12 warrants out for my arrest. I have, like, no clothes. My teeth are rotting out of my head. I hate myself. And this guy sits down with me every week. He takes my calls every day. He even gave me gas money to meet with him sometimes. And I'm like, dude, I'm nobody. I am a speck. I have nothing to offer. And then, you know, the, the big book talks about it looks like a flimsy reed 
but it proves to be the loving hand of God. Yeah. This program does not look like it could possibly do what it's done for me. When I'm sitting here drowning, mm. this looks like a twig that if I'm drowning, I reach out to grab it. This could not possibly hold me up. Yes. But I grab a hold, and it's everything that I needed. The lights come on. The, the juice is on. My life starts to bear fruit. And I look back to that first year sober. It's like none of those things are my life today. I don't have any warrants out for my arrest. My teeth are all – I had dental insurance. I got my teeth fixed, you know. Yeah. And it's not only that, but it's like I don't live in sober living. I got my own place. Uh, uh, I met a woman who decided that she wanted to marry me, you know, I have kids today. Like my life is all because I just, I, I just grabbed a hold and followed some simple directions. That's it right there. You know? The direction part. I you was waiting for me. that. Yeah. I was literally waiting for that because you have to, you have to be willing to mm -hmm. actually do the work, but not only that, you have to be willing to get your your shit mm -hmm. and listen to another person mm -hmm. that's gone through it. Like that's the first thing. So Jeff's my sponsor and, and he's like, you willing to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. You willing to take direction. You willing to realize that whatever you were doing in your life wasn't working and that you need help. Yep. And I'm like, I'm all yours, dude. Like, yep. you yeah. know what I mean? And it's trust. And there's something else because, you know, I, for one, I, I thought I always knew everything. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I think that's a common thing. Like, yeah. And when you hear somebody that's like, you know, bullshitting with you, and it's like, yeah, you're one of us because you know it all, too. Yeah. But then you realize that you don't know shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when you don't know shit and then you go and, and you tell somebody like, hey, Jeff, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. He's like, here, yeah. I got something for you. You know what I mean? And he's like, oh, OK, I don't know either. Here, he can go to somebody. And then like it's like that's that tribe. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And then you find that. And um, and we go back to like that meeting the tribe and um, and people who are so against these rooms and they're like, oh, I went to a meeting one time and blah, blah, blah. And it was just a bunch of old people, this and that. Well, how many meetings did you go to? Well, I just went to that one. I was, oh, so you just, you're quitting. Like, like you said, to your point earlier, like I'd never missed a day of getting high. Yeah. I did all this work, like put my body through hell to get a little fix and didn't even know if yeah. I was going to be able to get high because I got no veins left, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> but if you go try another fucking meeting, yeah. like, there's a there or go try Zoom or you know what I mean like put yourself out there and and there's answers like yeah. that's it's it's it seems so complex but it's so simple yeah. and it's just it starts with getting out of your shit yeah you know what I mean yeah you'll hear people say I don't trust those people in the room yeah and I'm like bro you drive down to the city you meet with a known gang member <laughs> who sells drugs he hands you a pill full of powder. And you trust him so much that you put it straight into your yeah, blood. Yeah, you don't even know the fuck is you know in there. Like, you don't have trust issues. You just yeah. don't want to do this stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. You don't want to do it. And the, honestly, I'm all jacked up for fucking for being sober right now because like, it is fucking insane. If you are willing to put so much effort and energy in protecting your ability to fucking get high or drunk to deal with your pain or your anxiety or your whatever the fuck excuse you have... Mm -hmm. You really need to reevaluate your life skills. You are missing something that normal humans have developed to deal with those fucking natural human emotions. Right. When I'm depressed, I know I need to help someone. When I have anxiety, it's because I have uncertainty in my life mm -hmm. and I need to start making mm. decisions that will lead me to a place of certainty, whether right. that's income or consistency in my relationship or my social circle, whatever. But I have learned in AA, healthy fucking ways to deal with my emotions that don't, when, when I would typically just reach for booze, weed, or harder shit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
I remember one time when I was fucking nearly sober. I, I I shared this last night. I used to do the math on how much I need to make to buy yeah, enough oxies. I would be like, okay, <laughs> if insane. I wanted to buy, if I want to do 15 oxy 80s a day, how much money do I need to make if I'm going to live to 75? It was something like $5 million, right? <laughs> okay, so I was like really focused on making 5 million bucks, but it never came to fruition because I was fucking high and I couldn't do anything <laughs> purpose. I didn't have any use. Um but there was also a time where I was like, if they, if somebody could give me a pill that I could fall asleep for a year, just be passed out for a year, I would have taken it. Huh. And today I wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. I've had that same feeling. That's so crazy. I finally met somebody else. Like I literally was like, I wish there was a drug that would just like get me out of my shit, put me to sleep. I was breathing and like everybody would leave me alone. I could just and then wake up in a year and then my life will be better. Like that's yeah. that's how insane it is. Like I'll be better in a year. Just let me sleep. Hibernate. <laughs> sleep this off. Yeah. Let me sleep away my problems. Right. Instead of fucking having courage or self-esteem to fucking deal with them. Look in the mirror and say, tighten the fuck up. Like look in the mirror and be like, I'm better than this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it starts with looking in the mirror. Like there was somebody from that meeting that's struggling. I'm like, and and they they're saying, you know, like I'm just and self-pity self-doubt and like i'm just like not good enough and this and now i'm like you gotta start waking up looking in the mirror and being like i got this you know what i mean like because it not it sounds so cheesy and so cliche and shit like that but it works like it really does yeah i agree um yeah man that's a, that's i think one of the hardest things for addicts though is just thinking we know everything yeah you know it's like my whole life is just ran straight into the ground and I don't. I still don't want to listen to anybody else. Yeah. But what I've learned in recovery is, not only does it work to get sober, it works for everything. everything. No matter what I want to do, who's done that before? Oh, I'll go ask them, and then I can learn from all their mistakes and set a course. You know, all this stuff you did. You've told me about all the different people that you've connected with to to make all this happen. The podcast and. I'm sure someone even recommended this exact microphone to you at some point. I yeah. <laughs> every every detail in here was direction from another human being, nothing from my own head. This is this is the incredible part, man. Like this is like this I keep getting chills because like you meet somebody that's not from like whenever I first walked into a room like this club here in town, it's, you know, everybody goes, there's meetings all throughout the day and I uh, first had the feeling like holy shit, I'm not alone anymore. For two weeks, I had this overwhelming sense of, holy shit, I'm not alone anymore. And finally, I shared about it in a group. They're like, oh, you read the big sign on the wall. It says you're not alone anymore. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't never saw that sign. <laughs> Ever. I never saw the sign. And then, but then, and then reaching out like through other people in the meetings and doing Zoom meetings and then realizing that this isn't just like in my community. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then having that same mind frame of just like from being able to connect, like you just said something that he has instilled in my brain throughout the time I've met him is if you want to learn how to avoid mistakes, you ask somebody with experience and they'll avoid you five or seven years worth of shit. And mm-hmm. then they can get you through. He's like, I, look, I, I can help you avoid all the mistakes that I've learned over the last 13 years and help you in three years. And that's very appealing to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like finding somebody that has been through it because they're willing to help you, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people out there like that. And it just, it yeah. blows my mind every time. Like if you could run a guy's life, new guy comes up to you, super willing addict, whatever. He's like, you can run my life. How many, how much time do you need to get him exactly where you are today? Dude, it's so funny that you asked me that question. Cause I was literally about to say that. I'm like, I had a sponsee 
who was chomping at the bit, followed all the directions. I'm like, dude, you were literally where I was at like five years sober in like less than a year. Yeah. I'm like, this is insane. Like yes. you actually, you're more successful than I was at the same amount of time. Yes. That's because exactly. you followed directions so well, yeah. you know, it's, it's so true. Yeah. I spared him a lot of, and that's it. It works for everybody. I don't care if you're a fucking banker at JP Morgan or you're a fucking working at Goldman Sachs or you're fucking a government employee at the DMV and miserable, or, you know, you're just some guy off the street that's been homeless for five years. We all have the same thing in common. We think we know everything. We're, you know, willing to do anything to protect our right to use or change how we fucking feel. But if you just shut up and you're finally at the point where you don't know what to do and you're willing to let someone else take the wheel, you find someone that's actually been through it and you will be where they are faster than they got there because mm. you will learn spiritual principles. You'll learn how to deal with anxiety and depression. You'll learn how to feel accepted, feel loved, give love, be of service. You just have to fucking find someone and shut up. Yep, exactly. And That's they're out there. They exist. Those people exist. And We're here. And stop saying, I know. When I have sponsors, you're like, I know, I know, I know. My sh I don't care if you think you know. Stop saying that. Yeah. Say, I agree. Or oh, something man. Else. This, I'll do this, it. There's another chill moment. <laughs> I had one of these moments. He called me out on my bullshit. <laughs> I like my ego. And me and him just had it out right here. And yeah. it was just like coming to a point. And I was like, I just had to sit back and... I was like, I'm now I'm going, I got to ask to go speak at this other, this treatment center. And you guys go share about it. So I, and it was, it was fitting because that was the first time they actually had the speaker bring a topic. So I shared for like 10 or 15 minutes and I was like, I want to talk about ego. My sponsor told me, he called me out on my shit. Well, at the end of it, there, there was like 15 guys and we went around and four of those guys had issues that week. Two of them this very same day that their, their sponsor had called them out on their ego. And one of the guys was like, yeah, I know my, my sponsor knows me so well. And when he knows my ego's acting up is when I just start answering, I know, I know. <laughs> and it was like one of those God shot moments of just like, holy shit. Like, is this like, you know, it's, it was just so fitting. You yeah. Know? Typically, I don't have to say I know. Like, if somebody's telling me something, there's probably evidence there that says that I don't know. Yeah. And I always tell people, like, you might know it in theory. But you don't know it in practice. Yeah. Right. And if you don't know it in practice, you don't really know it. Like, mm. There's lots of people. I know guys, some of the worst drug addicts in active addiction that could quote the big book better than most people you'd ever meet. Yeah. They've studied it so much. But they don't know it in practice. It's like anyone can read a playbook for the NFL. It's like, but step out on the field and try to run these plays. Yeah. You don't know. You know in theory. You don't know this, though. And I read this quote I love. True knowledge cannot divorce itself from your actions. Wow. Ooh. That's heavy shit. I love that. <laughs> That's heavy shit. It's real though. It is. And 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 a lot of like the biggest pro I think of being an AA or going and trying it for those of you that are so against it is the fucking networking. I walked into rooms with CEOs and lawyers and bums and, you know, from park bench to park Ave, mm -hmm. everyone in there is vulnerable. Everyone in there has one goal to help you for fun and for free. Every single person in there wants the best for you. Mm -hmm. And they're willing just to help you in that moment. Yep. The networking in a meeting is second to none. Yep. 24 mm. hours a day, seven days a week, mm -hmm. they're going on all over the fucking world because it works. So take that choke on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's, yeah, yeah. Boom. So, I got I got a question too. Uh, so if you had a, um, if, let, me, let me read it out. It says, I did write this down. So 
Let's see. All right, you get a one-minute pitch for somebody trying to get sober. Yeah. Send it. You're talking to someone. There's the there's yeah. your camera right there. You're talking to someone. Which camera? Right there. Boom. Listen. That one. Listen, loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tell him. Stop being a nobody. Be a somebody. All right? No, that's not what I was saying. Uh, a one-minute pitch to recovery. Listen. Person watching, recovery for you is going to come down to just being teachable. Being teachable is measured by your willingness to learn and your willingness to apply what you learn. I don't care who it is that you are learning from, but find somebody who is a reliable teacher and follow their direction. I promise you, if they have it, you will get it by duplicating what they've done. And I don't care who it is. It doesn't have to be AA. It can be whatever. But if there is reason to believe that the fruit exists, then do that. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Was yeah. that Did that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. I, I'm, what should I they get, do? I want to get sober. <laughs> but I would say find someone in the program. Honestly, those are the people that I find yeah. the most reliable. People that are still fucking 11 years, 13 years sober, a year sober, going to fucking meetings, stacking chairs, bringing cookies, having fun, picking guys up before the meeting, actually being selfless. Those are the happy ones. Find somebody that not only has beaten addiction, and it beats it on a daily basis, but somebody that enjoys their fucking life in the other 23 hours a day that they're out of that goddamn mm. meeting. Yeah. And, you know, I heard you say something last night. You're like, find someone you relate to. I actually tell guys the opposite. I'm like, if you relate to them, that's a red flag. Yeah. You should, yeah. It should be someone you want what they have, not someone you relate to. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. That makes a lot of sense. Because it is hard. You get to this point in sobriety, like, you know. Have you had your sponsor for the whole 11 years? No. No. Okay. But, you know, so you were saying, like, you know, not just sobriety. Well, at first, all I wanted was... I wanted what my first sponsor had, which was he was sober for five years and he seemed to know everybody and everything that was going on in the program. I wanted that. Then I got to a point where it's like, dude, I want to own a home and have a wife and have kids and like I, I want more, you know. And so I got a sponsor who had stayed sober and had all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, and then I made this ultra rigorous list of qualifications for a sponsor and he ended up being like the worst sponsor I ever had in my life. Oh, wow. <laughs> but you know, today my sponsor is someone that I don't need his big book knowledge. I've studied this thing inside and out. I, I admire his discipline and integrity and uh, like, that's what I want from him. And, and he is not scared to call me out. He came up to me at a meeting and he slapped me on the belly. He's like, you're getting fat, man. You start working out. You got a family to think about. Oh wow! And I'm like, this motherfucker. I know this guy loves <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's not scared to tell me the truth. Like, if that's when I sponsor guys, when I started sponsoring Kyle, I'm like, look, there is more getting physical sobriety. You're gonna get that, and also you're gonna get spirituality, and you're gonna learn how to be selfless. Mm -hmm. But if you don't build a fucking life that you're proud of. Right? We've already beaten addiction. We've already overcome our fears. We've already faced the fucking worst odds. And then we're over here worried about a 50-50. Maybe I'm going to fail. Shut the mm -hmm. fuck up and do what I tell you. <laughs> Build an awesome life. Travel. Go and fucking spend all your money on an experience. You'll make it back. Go and start a fucking business. Go and help this person when it's inconvenient. Right? right? Like those, those things 
I think are what keep us sober long term and make for a satisfying life experience. Mm -hmm. This is like a second chance. Right. right? I, I, I knew with conviction I was not going to make it to 30. Like mm -hmm. I was like, I'm dead. Like this is this I'm only getting you know I'm on fumes here. I didn't want to make it to thirty. Right? Yeah, same. <laughs> like I just was like, whatever, dude. This is all the time I get. Like you, I'm gonna fucking keep doing drugs, and there, there's no hope here. Once I got sober and I realized that I could stay sober, this is a bonus time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like when you win, you know, when you're in that little machine with the money blowing up in the air, and like you get to get in there and catch yeah. all the money and stuff. That's what I feel like getting sober is like. Mm. Yeah, dude. I was an atheist until a shroom trip when I was 19 where I heard the audible voice of God tell me that I was going to die by the time I was 30 if I didn't stop doing drugs. Oh, oh no wow. shit. No, yeah, no kidding. And, like, before that, I was like, that had, there was, there's something bigger out here. Yeah, you're like, might as well go hard so for the next. Because foreign from what I think. That's you know? a, yeah, that, been, and then you said, I'm going to go hard for the next 10 years and get sober. <laughs> I, I was 19. It was nine more years. What do you think about people doing psychedelic sober? A lot of people. I've sober? Even, yeah. Being like, you know, they're like 10 years sober and then they go to do ayahuasca or they're doing shrooms or microdosing or whatever the fuck. I'm against it. Okay. I'm a, I am. Be, don't, don't be worried about offending people. Why? I'm not worried about offending anyone. Okay, good. I mean, it's, 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 it gets you high. It's a head change. It's a fucking shortcut. Yeah. Right? You are seeking a spiritual experience. You are seeking a fucking change mm -hmm. in your consciousness, a change in the way that you live or perceive the world, mm -hmm. and you want to take the shortcut, mm -hmm. right? And the reality is, is that every fucking change that you can experience with a plant or whatever the fuck, you can also experience through work on yourself or work with others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think psychedelics do benefit you spiritually. Personally, I do believe that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if once you're sober, you kind of miss that boat. Yeah. You know, like to, to do it as part of your program, I think, is is not right. Now, I've told people this before. I think if I ended up, like without seeking it, I end up in a South American tribe and they invite me into their ritual and I wasn't looking for that, I might, I might partake in it. Yeah. <laughs> But that's going to yeah. be a lots of long shot. It's a, I play with that idea too. I play. It's like the purge. I couldn't go if I sought it in any way. It'd be a relapse. Yeah. But if it happened organically, it's like you're in our tribe. The chief wants you to. Yeah, you can't trip balls with us. This is what God wants from you. <laughs> I agree with that. I know for sure. It's just like I did steroids when I was like a year sober, right? Mm -hmm. And I told my sponsor about it, and he's like, "Look, I don't look at it like it's a relapse, but." You're, you could have gotten big. Why did you do it? And I was like, oh, because I wanted to get, you know, buff. I wanted mm -hmm. to get strong. And I was insecure about the way I looked. And he's like, could you have gotten buff and strong without them? And I said, yeah. He's like, but it would have taken longer, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, so you took a fucking shortcut, just like you did when you were fucking selling drugs, just like you did when you were cheating mm -hmm. in class, just mm -hmm. like you did when you were fucking doing every dumbass thing that you were doing before you got sober. You were taking shortcuts. Right. No more shortcuts. Mm -hmm. You get sober, you take the long way, you take the hard way, and you fucking earn it. Mm -hmm. And mm. I feel like the same thing with psychedelics. I feel like I missed the boat, too, though. I, I secretly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I did enough psychedelics right. for uh, several lifetimes. Yeah, there's just so many new ones coming out. And I'm just like, I just, I, I'll watch people on YouTube doing them so I can, like, vicariously live through yeah. them, you know? <laughs> like when they smoke the Bufa Toad and they're all having a seizure and shit. I'm like, God, that guy is really lucky right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I wish I was normal and could smoke Bufa Toad, but then I'd smoke Bufa Toad every day. Yeah. Right? I'd have, yeah. like, a special little pendant pipe. You know those guys that walk around with pipes on their neck, and then they have, like, 
what are those things like dreads and shit and they're all like one eyes like droopy and they're fucking <laughs> jeff's gonna start breeding toads in his backyard yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. i just can't pimples. bro yeah. once i'm high i want to keep getting high yeah and and i i reveal my addictive nature in every behavior that i try to change yeah like i'm gonna try to eat a different diet i'll try to eat healthy and i slip up one time and i'm like all the way back to just yes totally just giving up all right so while we're on this subject if you had if you had one day of a free lapse yes and um and we, and and we want we like to ask this question and we want you to be descriptive where are you at what what are you wearing uh so what drug are you using and you could do anything you wanted to if you if you paint a picture where would you be what are you wearing what are you doing you get one free day of drug use what's it look I'm like i'm placed in a position of neutrality safe and protected yes yeah Oh my god! I wish you had warned me about this. You question. could be on an island wearing a fucking hula skirt with fucking unlimited crack buffet. It doesn't matter. It does, yeah. What does it look like? What does it smell like? Dude, <laughs> I would probably. I never shot up meth. Ooh. I'd probably be shooting meth. Just nice. the stories I've heard. I probably shoot up some meth in a safe and neutrally protected. Day. That's, that's how you're starting out. Okay. Yeah. Meth was my first drug of choice, and right. I started having these like severe chest pains i'm like i'm gonna die from this i'm gonna have a heart attack so i'd probably shoot some meth where would i be dude i mean it i'd probably just be in a bathroom <laughs> shooting <laughs> yeah, at some basic. point you just don't even care once you're on meth it's just right like, i'd probably be sitting there drawing a picture or something for like 18 hours straight and that, <laughs> yeah. that would be i picture you in like ruth langmore's trailer from Ozarks, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just twacked out of your mind, yeah. you know? Peeking out the blinds. Yeah. yeah. That's like, that's the perfect meth scenario and then you have a nice view of the lake out there and shit you know yeah, yeah. You're like i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna go out there and yeah. just like stay no. in the bathroom the whole time that was my thing though <laughs> i would just sit there and draw all twacked out <clears throat> until the picture didn't even make sense because there was so much ink on it, it just was like black right yeah dude. that's probably what i would do yes <laughs> nice Dude, I know I just got the worst anxiety because like I just remember that feeling of being trapped in an apartment fucked up out of my mind with like a physical restraint anxiety where I couldn't go outside the front door I could only go through the back I wouldn't leave before 5 p.m. everyone was out to get me paranoia was there I was a fucking hostage man mm. sick yeah and now I'm free sobriety dog yeah Man, even and like that's it's an interesting question too because it's like even if I could I wouldn't now I don't I don't want to right and that's the thing like early recovery it's like I had to try really hard not to get high because that's just what I did and today it's like I actually prefer sobriety I mm -hmm. actually like being sober I like figuring out how to be healthier and you know grow yeah I was dating this counselor um, red flag. In, yeah. <laughs> and I was like almost three years sober and she was like, you would just be so fun to drink with. Oh, dude. And I'm like, no, I would not. Like I am a whore. Like, I'm horrible when I'm drinking. Mm -hmm. I start fights. Like it's, I don't go places where people drink because I know there's people like me there that are ready to fight for no reason. It's yeah. like the highlight of their week. Even if they got beat up, yeah. at least something happened, <laughs> you know? Right. She's like, you'd be so fun to drink with. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. She's like, yeah, don't you think you've learned your lesson by now? Like, oh, you could. And I said, shit. listen, let's just pretend that I have. I have goals, and there's not one goal that me being drunk helps me to accomplish. No, there's nothing. 
now and so that would make it crazy in and of itself. But then you factor in that I'm like a low bottom dope fiend, and now it's absolutely insane yeah. that I would pick up. I so, think this girl was uh, sent by the devil. Like, fuck the <laughs> fuck God sending out angels. They were, they were testing you on this one. Like, yeah. they're like, we're gonna get them back. Yeah, I love yeah. that though, because I, I say that to people too. It's like I'll look at their lives, and I don't care if you think your life's small, your life's big, my life's big, small, whatever. Right? Everyone wants to go pursue what they want to pursue, and they have mm -hmm. the right to do that. But there is not one pursuit that I think that is enhanced by the use of weed, drugs, or alcohol. Right. Whether you want to be, you know, a pastor, whether you want to be, you know, you want to just be a bum, it doesn't matter. But there's not one that is enhanced by the, you know, the pursuit is not enhanced or the experience of that pursuit mm -hmm. is enhanced with drugs or alcohol. Right. Yep. Right. Like, you know, I think you'd be a way happier bum if you weren't high or loaded. Right. Right. You know, mm -hmm. even if you're panhandling, traveling in the back of a truck and shit, you're not sweating bullets. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. everything, every pursuit and every goal is better when you're sober. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of one where it's not, so then I can change my life goals. You know, but <laughs> you pursue being an alcoholic, <laughs> an early death. Yeah. You do know? you ever have? Uh, you have a lot of since you've been in recovery for 11 years. You have a lot of people say like, I couldn't imagine you high. Like, I couldn't oh, imagine yeah. how you. Like you ever live like that, and like, or or even like uh, a, a side question of that. We've had issues with like you know how why we started the podcast and why Jeff had this idea was somebody said you know you're kind like, yeah. you know like you're kind you know so it's two different things but like so people are asking you, um, what you were like or how they just can't see you that way. You yeah. have that a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was taught telling a co-worker about smoking crack she's like tim you have never smoked crack and i'm like yes i have i've smoked a lot of crack and she's like you have come on you have not like no way like people just can't see it even when i was a counselor i would real like if i hadn't told the group that i was in recovery they would just assume that i was some dork who went to school to be a counselor i was like that's a testament of recovery right there right the, the fact that you don't think i look like that you know, are you publicly sober? Like when you go out in public, when you in your business dealings with the normal population, do you let them know that you're in recovery? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not open about it like vegans are where they're like, oh, my God, let's go to a vegan cafe, vegan mayonnaise, whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. But like if, if the topic of sobriety is there or somebody says, oh, do you want to drink? I was like, nope, I'm 13 years sober. I'm very publicly public about my sobriety. I'm the guy who will they'll be like, oh, would you like a, would you like a drink? You know, offer me some alcohol. I'll say I'm allergic to alcohol. I break out in track marks. Mm. I make the, cor <laughs> yeah, I make the I super like corny dad joke about <laughs> yeah. being in recovery. I break out in yeah. track you know? marks. Well, I, I like found that. like there's that saying where it says no matter how far down the scale we had went, we saw how our experience could benefit others. Mm. And it doesn't like, limit those others to exclusively people in the program. It's out in the world. And there mm. it is unbelievable the amount of people that have like reached out to me as a resource because I'm publicly sober mm -hmm. friends mothers friends fathers siblings of people that had no relationship to me through sobriety but they knew I was publicly sober whether it's through social media or through the grapevine of you know the neighborhood where they're like oh my son's struggling my brother's struggling oh can you know can we talk about this and mm -hmm. it's like I know those talks those are fun I had a well, I had a moment like this at, at a concert probably about a month ago and I was using the bathroom and I walked by this guy and he actually I think I was wearing this shirt which is funny he, but it's this band and he's like oh the Iceman Special I love them they're like my favorite band I was like oh it's my favorite favorite band too he's like you want to bump a ketamine and like just like that <laughs> and uh instead of me going no nah, i'm good and walking away i go no i'm sober and he goes 
oh, good for you. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. And then he found my number through one of my best friends and texted me two days later, then called me and then was like, I need a meeting. You know, mm. and without me being vocal about it in that situation, you know, the seeds planted. Mm. You know what I mean? He's not sober right now, but he was sober for like a week and he was trying and got him introduced to some guys, got some numbers. But we st I still ran into him. I ran into him on Mother's Day. I went to uh, uh, my, my mom loves this band. We were on the water. I was like, let me buy you some drinks. So I went out and bought my mom some drinks and then ran into the guy. And I'm sitting there with two drinks in my hand. I was like, these are for my mom. Like, I promise. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing so good. I'm like, dude, it's all, it's all good. Like, it's, you know, whenever you're ready kind of thing. And mm -hmm. and that wouldn't have happened unless I'm vocal about it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big believer in that. And when I was using, bro, I legit thought there was zero hope for me. I didn't know a sober addict. Right. I didn't know anybody. I... I legit would binge watch the TV show Locked Up, mm. Life in Prison. Love it. And I would, like, fantasize about how I might be able to stay sober if I was locked up in prison. Yeah. In Peru? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I had, like, there was an episode about this beautiful prison in the Alaskan mountains, and I was trying to figure out how I could get there because... I've done that. Oh, <laughs> uh, no shit. I've done that. Like, I didn't want to go, like, full lockdown in yeah. the shoe, but I was like, I want to go to these work camps, and, like, I feel like I would... I was seeking camaraderie. Yeah, like, I would have friends. I could join a little prison gang and lift some weights <laughs> and yeah. get in shape. <laughs> yeah. If That's you funny, dude. considered going to prison and joining a prison gang to get sober, you should probably... <laughs> Get yeah, yeah. Dude, I love that. But like, and also like the TV show uh, Intervention. Yeah, I emailed them about one of my friends, and I was like, "Please, please, please, take me too." I hope they show up for him, but they realize that I'm addicted too, and I also need help. Yeah, like that's how hopeless I thought it was. And man, at the end for me, like how I even found out about the state-funded treatment center, I called was because I wrote my grandma this long letter. It was like the first time I really told on myself. And, you know, of all the people, it was just my grandma was like the 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 earthly representation of good in my life. Right. And I'm like, you know, Maureen, I'm shooting up heroin every day. I can't stop. I want to stop. I'm so sorry that I've been such a terrible person, but this is what's going on. And she sent a message to one of her friends that was a psychiatrist, which I didn't know about. And this lady was like, hey, there's a state-funded treatment center you could go to. Damn. And I waited five months to get in there. And I forgot, by the time I got in, I forgot that I even called them. Like, when they, they called me they that they day. they called you on the day you were willing, man. That is God. I know. Yes. That is, like, bro, the world is too perfect to be coincident. I right, know. Right. And look at where you're at today. You're I know. Helping people. So today, I think about, I used to think about that all the time. It's like, there's somebody out there who feels isolated and alone and doesn't even know of anybody in recovery that all they just need to see is that someone else has been there and gotten out of it. So, you know, I even started a recovery community center in my town um, just to, like, be vocal about recovery. It's like it, we're out here and we're sober, and if you need help, just reach out. And, man, people that I could have never fathomed have reached out. Like, people I went to school with, I'm like, I would never in a million years would I thought you'd end up with a drug problem. Yeah. And they're like, man, I just see you posting and talking about it over the last year, two years, and I, you know, that last post, I'm like, I just need to message this guy. We, I'm we, like, bro, we, let's go. We can't do it alone. We if can't. you're out there and you think you can handle this fucking problem of alcoholism or addiction or you're fucking chain-smoking weed, whatever the fuck, you don't got to do it alone. You mm -hmm. just got to be 
get enough bravery or courage to reach out to us and ask us how we did it because we'll save you the pain and the mm-hmm. mistakes and the trips, mm-hmm. right? Bro, I'm fucking proud of you, bro. Yeah, that's thanks awesome. I really am proud of you. Thank you. I mean that. Like, that's not some Thank bullshit you. surface, like, oh, things are coming. Dude, you're a winner. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're a fucking winner. I know. Yeah. I'm just no, you should know. <laughs> yeah. You do know. I know that what I'm doing is positive. Yeah. I know yeah. that's why anonymity is meant for someone shared. You know, I'll tell you a fucked up story and then we'll end it, okay? You had a nickname. Your name nickname in the meetings was Moose. So just for context, when you go to an AA meeting long enough and they love you, they're going to give you a fucking nickname. Yeah. So I was in my men's stag meeting and I shared about how when I was like maybe 20 days sober, some guy took me to a meeting and he shared about how on his, uh, you know, one of his biggest secrets was when he was a kid, he tried to fuck a cat. And I, and I, when I heard that, I was 20 days sober. I was like, this is fucked up. Maybe I shouldn't go to AA. <laughs> Maybe this is the wrong place for me because I'm not that fucked up. You know what I mean? But I have my own set of shit too. But either way, I shared that at my men's meeting and everyone thought that I was the guy that tried to fuck the cat because I guess they were like listening to pieces of the story. So my fucking nickname was Meow. Oh so anytime God. I share at that meeting now, they go Meow. And, and legit. <laughs> Right, so my nickname's Meow, and then I was just proud of it. First I fought it, and then I was like, whatever, dude. But I heard that story yeah. when I was new in sobriety, and I was like, God damn, that was a really fucked up story. Like, maybe I don't belong here. But thank God I kept going. Yeah. Right, I told my sponsor about that. He's like, just shut up. You're going to hear some weird shit. It's funny. You know, where else can you pay a dollar to laugh and be embarrassed and whatever? But, like, thank God I kept going. I wasn't scared away by that weirdo. And But, like, I don't share who that weirdo is. That's the tradition of anonymity, anonymity that I'm going to follow. But mm-hmm. here, if I can get in front of a guy or a girl that's struggling and doesn't think that they could fucking do this and they end up dying right. or causing more pain, whatever, mm-hmm. and now they feel like, wow, there's someone out there that I don't I, that, that's sick like me, mm-hmm. that I need to use that. Mm. That's yep. this whole purpose here. That's mm-hmm. money. Yep. My man. Thanks, anything Moose. else you want to add, Moose? Yeah. Moose, you want to add anything else? Um, you know, I, I I was just thinking about the cat story. That's hilarious. I had a guy, it was very similar. He just started sharing about his fifth step. And he's like, if uh, he said that after he shared his fifth step, his sponsor was like, that was the most boring fifth step I've ever heard in my life. You weren't honest. You need to go back out there, smoke a cigarette, come back in and tell me the truth. And so he walked outside and smoked a cigarette. And he said he came back in and he looked his sponsor dead in the eyes like, all right, when I was a little boy, I fucked a pony. and his sponsor just started laughing in his face yeah and he said wait a minute they said if you're laughing you're relating yeah (laughs) his sponsor said boy what i never done so sick like that (laughs) and uh i think about that but that was like a principle that i used for fifth steps like oh that was boring you left the good stuff off let's get let's get honest but um This is the thing, man. Nothing else, any spiritual path, it gets judged more harsh than anything else. Like, you don't see someone act stupid on uh, alcohol and say, well, look what people do on alcohol. Like, this stuff is terrible. Why would you ever want to associate with that? It's like, there's people anywhere you go, and people can't be the representative of a program. I mean, at some point, yes, they have to think about that, but... Alcoholics Anonymous or any 12-step program, it's a set of directions. And there's people around the program that aren't following those directions. Mm. We need to get connected with people who are following the directions. I tell guys all the time, you're not here to make friends. You're here to stay sober. 
If you follow the directions, you will stay sober and you'll have friends. Friends will be a byproduct of doing the work that's suggested here. Yeah. But if you come in here thinking that your goal is to be friends with people, you've, you miss the whole point yes. of why we're here. And you'll end up with the sick people who you'll say, those people in AA are all terrible. Yeah. It's like, no, stick with the people that are doing the work and you will have some of the best friends you've ever had in your life. But if you get caught up in trying to relive high school in the program, it's you're going to have a horrible time and you're going to have a bad impression of what the program is. Yeah, there's no popular. Like I used to think like meetings when I first got here, meetings were clicky and there was a popularity contest secretly. And I was never popular in high school, yeah. so I'm never going to be popular in AA either. Yeah. And you're right. The goal, When I changed my goal to just actually following fucking directions, I started getting friends that were doing things with their life. Wonderful people mm -hmm. that helped me. And I found out that the highest, there's no president of AA. You mm -hmm. can't be the president, dude. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So just fucking be a worker among workers. Yeah. Be a normal person. But the, the most, the most, the highest accolade here is you're a trusted servant. Yep. That literally I am trusted to carry the message to another person. Mm -hmm. That maybe one day you'll know somebody in Florida that needs help and you'll say, look, I want you to call Jeff. I want you to call Kyle. And mm -hmm. that's when we know that we've, you know, graduated or we've become good members of AA. Yep. It's yeah. just like in church, too. It's like you can't judge the entire religion of a fucking Christianity or Judaism or, or Muslim, anything like that, based on the action of a few. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's it's fucked. So, but I'm really glad you came, dude. Thank yeah. you. Me this too. This is awesome. Yeah, Good man. stuff, dude. Yeah, bro. You guys stay sober. Hell yeah. If you know somebody that's fucking struggling, fucking put them in touch with us. We know what to do. We've been, we've been where they are. We've been where you are. Nothing's going to be embarrassing. This thing's a fucking beatable disease. It's fucking beatable. You just got to shut the fuck up and show up and do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Hell there yeah. It is, man. Peace.